Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. Hello. Welcome to a live recording of the Hiraith podcast recorded here at the wonderful Chapter Arts Centre in Cardiff. Uh, we have just finished a screening of the film is soon, a film about the Battle of Wills, seeing Welsh language campaigners personified by Gwynvor Evans and the Westminster government led by Margaret Thatcher to establish a Welsh language television channel without wanting to give away the ending too much. Um, so, sorry for the uninitiated, we are now marking the 40th anniversary of S. Pederek. Um, uh, we are joined by a great panel of guests to dis discuss the story of Soon, uh, as well as S4C's role in Wales as it reaches middle age, and the ongoing calls for more powers over broadcasting. So we are joined by Dewi Rhys-Williams, who plays G.O. Williams in the film Soon. Uh, we have also Roger Williams, many, many Williamses in Wales, of course, uh, the screenwriter of the film. Hello, Roger, the film. As, as well as Beth and Syed, the former Plaid Cymru member of the Welsh Parliament and chair of the Senate's Culture Committee. Do you have Beth? So uh, we're going to start with a few questions about the film. Um, Roger, can you tell us a little bit about what drew you to the project? I've wanted to write something which is historical period for a long, long time. Um, and um, I haven't been able to. It's... Um, something which I find quite quite interesting about Welsh TV and film is that we don't really, unlike other other cultures, we don't really go back and look at um, our history and dramatise it. So it was on my list of things to do and uh, being aware that S4C was going to be celebrating a big milestone this year. It's about two years ago that I kind of thought is there a story there? Because like most people, I knew about Gwynvar Evans. I knew, I, I, um, I was aware of the, the campaigning done by Plaid Cymru, but by Plaid Cymru and Cymdeithas um, around having a Welsh language channel. But I didn't really have a prop, I didn't know what the, the story dramatically would be. So I went to S4C and I said, I've got this idea and I think I'd like to write something, but I don't really know what. And so they said, right, go away, spend a couple of months doing some research and come back to us. So off I went and I did my research and I read a hell of a lot of stuff. And I, I met a number of people who were part of the history, people who were there, which was a, a brilliant honor. And the more I found out about it, the more I fell in love with the story and thought, I want to write something. I want to write something about this. Um, and then I just got really excited about what the film could say about our past, could say about our future, um, and that's an important element of it. It's to get people talking about where we go next in terms of broadcasting, in terms of culture, in, in, in terms of the language. And then we got obsessed with this idea that you know it needs to be seen in cinemas because that's something else that we don't really do in, in Welsh um, in Welsh media, we seem to have stopped, this is a huge generalization, but we've sort of stopped making films. And we certainly haven't made that many films in the Welsh language since the glory days of films like Solomon and Gaynor and um, Heathwyn, yeah, famously. Heathwyn, yeah. <laughs> amen. My A-level now coming back to me. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's a bit of a rambling explanation of where it, of where it came from, of, of where it came from really, but uh, um, yeah, it was an ambition to 
tell a piece of our history. Debbie, what appealed to you as an actor to the project? It's the contract, really, and it's, uh, it's just a payment at the end of the no. day. <laughs> no, of course, Wink, no. Um, well, I've known Roger for, for many years. We've worked, collaborated uh, on a few other things in the past, and I thought it was a very intriguing uh, project. How do you actually put this on screen, the whole idea of how the travel came to fruition in the first place? How do you make it a really interesting project for people to enjoy on screen? Because let's face it, it's quite a dry piece of thing in its, in its uh, visual form. But um, I, this is the first time I see the film tonight, and I thought it's a fabulously well done uh, production. Would you like to even the clap? Well done, brother. But it's, it's hard to imagine that, uh, as you say, it's 40 years later. Um, and the dearth of uh, productions and all sorts of fields in Devon in that time is quite magnificent. We have to cherish it and keep going with it and not let it, uh, well, disappear uh, through other ways. Not being too political, shall we say. <laughs> I'm interested in what the panel has to think about what the film says about sort of prevailing attitudes to the Welsh language, to Wales's relationship with the rest of Britain during this period. Would any of you feel... Like you want to say anything on that, Roger? Maybe? Well, I think that was one of the things that I found fascinating about the story. Um, I was nineteen seventy nine. I was I was five, um, and you look into the story and you realise that the referendum on devolution had been fought and 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 lost in seventy nine, um, and you have to look at. Wales and the UK through a slightly different lens and that was interesting in terms of lead character Kerry and the way that she's coming into the story full of enthusiasm and optimism about, about what the future held because that for a lot of people a hell of a lot of people who voted for Thatcher's first government that was the overriding emotion um, but then to look at the disappointment that was felt by the nationalists in Wales at that time um, and then the fact then to be told that after over a decade of campaigning and promises made by all political parties to set up a Welsh language channel at that election, they were faced with an announcement that was made at a speech in Cambridge, I believe, by Whitelaw. Oh, we're not doing that now. We're going to stick with the status quo, but you'll get a few more hours. Um, it was crushing. It was devastating. And we look at where we are now. We have devolution. And yet we are still in a situation where um, decisions about S or C are made at Westminster. Um, and it's been curious with this film because it is playing outside of Wales as well. One of the fascinating reactions from audiences outside of Wales is, we don't know about this story, why don't we know about this story? And that gets then gets me into a conversation about, well, there's a lot of stories about Wales that you don't know. There's a lot of stories we don't know about Wales yeah. in Wales. But why is that? And in terms of cultural attitudes, I think, I think it's fascinating. And it feeds back into the discussion about where decisions about broadcasting are made. Where are the editorial decisions about broadcasting in the UK made? And it's sort of, it's opened up this, I know the debate was going on anyway, but it has... It's, it's brought the debate to the public in a sense so that it isn't um, a debate which is happening in the Senev or in the corridors of the BBC or, or, or S4C. It, it feels like people are starting to engage with 
Um, well, what kind of broadcasting do we want and why aren't our stories better known? Um, and how do we try and fix that? Bethan, this film depicts an incredible political battle, but how would you reflect on that and sort of draw, can you draw any comparisons with the political battles on this issue you've had? Perhaps whether would that be in Wales or in the UK in general? Yeah, well, firstly, I would just like to say congratulations to Roger and the team. I thought it was a really good film and I liked the humour as well. Because yeah. like you said, you know, some of these things in corridors can be quite boring. Um, but also, you know, um, really... Speaking from personal experience yeah. there, I can tell. They can be quite boring, can be tease. Um, but no, you made it alive and you made it relevant and you made it fun. So I, I, I'd like to commend you for that, you know. And I know Roger for many years and, you know... Um, one of the committee inquiries that we did was saying there are no films being made in Wales. We need funding for films. And so I, for one, am very pleased with that. But yes, with regards to the scenes where we saw the sheep and the mountains and lots of different valleys. Well, we had Roger Talvan Davis, uh, who uh, was the current, has he moved position now? He's, he's been... He's been elevated up the chain of command. Anyway, at the time, he was BBC Director of Wales, and um, we were talking about opt-outs for radio. So I, I don't, you probably listened to BBC Radio 1. They used to do opt-outs for um, Welsh uh, music from Wales um, that, that was on... Uh, on BBC Radio One, but then we would hear it in. We would hear from Wales all the Welsh new music. In Scotland, you'd hear all the Scottish new music, and in Northern Ireland, you'd hear all the Northern Irish new music. We were saying we needed more of those type of opt-outs so that we could have more content from Wales on radio. And Roger Talvanday was saying, "Oh no, but the geography was so difficult in Wales. We can't possibly do that." And I saw this on the film, and I was like, "I have to speak about that <laughs> after because we're now in 2021." Whatever it is, and we're still having that debate. In fact, we should be having more than one S4C now. You know, we shouldn't just have the one channel. You know, so yes, it's been amazing to watch this development, but boy, are we slow. You know, come on. We need to have much more than what we've got even now. So the campaign is there. Get on the streets, people. Just picking up on what Bethan said, it's interesting because um, at a screening in Carmarthen earlier this week, the point was made that um, the battle is incomplete. That original movement was actually to establish a Welsh language television channel, was also to establish an English language television channel for Wales, and was also about establishing an independent broadcasting authority for Wales. So um, one of the people who was at the forefront of the campaigning for Cymdeithas um, took the microphone and and made and made that point. We can feel because you do you watch this film and you you get a certain people get a certain sense a sense of pride in terms of the journey that the language has been on and broadcasting has been on and the, and the successes that, that that have been. But he but he wanted to make the point actually. It's only a battle which has been half won, um, and there still needs to be movement on those other issues if we are going to become a mature um, broadcasting, ind indigenous broadcasting culture. Yeah, that's certainly something that you'll hear the argument made about, which is that the, the Welsh language, Welsh broadcasting campaign, as it has been in so many aspects of life, was so strong and took an awful lot of focus, um, particularly during the period that, that was depicted you know, fantastically in the film. But what, what what is the experience, and I think, Bethan, maybe this is something that you covered in the Senedd when you were chair of the Culture Committee, in terms of 
those other relationships that Roger mentioned there, those the, the English speaking Wales um, channels, that has always been an uphill battle for to make that case because English speakers are served so well by the UK media is the, is the argument that you will hear. Why why haven't we made more progress on that? Because you know the the reality is that you know upwards of seventy percent of people in Wales speak only English. Well, again, I think it comes down to influence and uh, campaigning and, you know, the authority that we bring over in terms of these debates. I think um, we talk a lot about devolving many, many issues and broadcasting still seems to be the most contentious one. Um, and I think because people like to overcomplicate it and people, um, it's about control. You know, at the end of the day, it's the same as our natural resource. You know, it, the UK government wants to be able to control that. And through the English language, there is more dominance um, of course, because more of the population speaks English. So it's not within their interest to relinquish that control. So on the committee that I chaired, when we had the conversation around um, the devolution of broadcasting, everybody from all parties were saying, oh, we're happy to devolve S4C, but not the rest. Can't possibly be the rest. But then my view is, um, and I think some of the actors um, uh, gave evidence as well, and some academics as well, you know, we have the academics on. Giving, giving their evidence all the time, saying, you know, we, we shouldn't really um, disassociate the, the, the two because, you know, we, we, we are a nation of uh, diversity and culture. If we just put Wales, uh, Welsh language into a pigeonhole, then that's going to, to, to confine us more. And we need to streamline the Welsh language through other channels. Although, looking back on your uh, film, you know, that, that seems to have been what it started with, but which people are doing more now, which is trying to get Welsh back on, you know, those English language channels to show that more people speak it, to show that it's a language of our communities. Being the oldest member of the panel, I do remember uh, as a young... I was one years old. <laughs> I was my late teens, or 20. <laughs> and um, there was a lot of uh, indignant attitudes towards the formation of the Welsh Channel from Welsh speakers as well. Many people within the broadcasting industry just didn't see it as a viable option. Many people working in BBC, I remember, were really scathing of it, you know. Uh, so we have come on in leaps and bounds. And many people within the establishment, shown Jenny Arian, a very important figure, you know, uh, was editor of Baron magazine, I think, at that particular time, or Vanyard, I should say. Um, but uh, they all came around eventually, I think, but uh, it took a long time. So it's discussed a bit in the film, but do you have any sympathy with this concept that the language has been ghettoized onto S4C now, rather than being spread onto the English language channels in Wales? There is so much confidence, I think, that's been built over that period that has dissipated, I think, the Sergio of, uh, of a problem with the language and the chip about the language. and. You must remember that it's been a fantastic provider of employment for many, many people in that field. Uh, and you would like, I say, to see that pie being directed in other ways, uh, right across the board. But then you see about resistance, I'd like to take up your point. And unfortunately, we still see that now from people in institutions when we are calling for more powers to Wales, when we heard evidence you know, we, we still saw people in positions of influence saying, well, we've got we've got enough now. We can we can do what we, we want with what we've got. Well, no, actually, we can't. Ofcom is still ruled from the UK. You know, we still don't have enough money for SOC or for BBC Wales 
English language productions. So, you know, that's what we need is to push those people constantly to be a bit more radical. Um, um, you know, I think of radical and I see that with Els Thomas, you know, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Do you think there's any scope for bi more bilingual programming that shows that sort of modern bilingual Wales rather than sort of carving off each language onto separate channels? Yeah, and I think it, that is going to be a huge shift for people because, as we will have seen, there's an awful lot of English in in this film, and that is a creative choice that I take responsibility for because it felt, even though we were determined to use Welsh actors in this film and only Welsh actors, because as you can imagine, you know there were certain voices around saying, maybe we could get Juliet Stevenson or somebody <laughs> to play Margaret Thatcher, um, but we felt it's just important. It's a film made by Welsh people about our culture and we should cast it with um, a Welsh cast. And um, it followed then that, well, it's a film about language. It's a film about the relationship between English and Welsh. So we need to hear the English language within it. But it is still contentious. Um, at one of the Q&As this week, um, somebody in the audience really took Esposi to task for the what they perceive to be an increase in the use of English on um on the channel and accused them of turning it into a, a bilingual channel. And um, I listened with great interest to that um, argument because absolutely the, the funding which S4C receives, which is a lot less than it used to get before, um, before the, uh, the government in 2010, um, the austerity government came in and then looked at S4C's funding and vastly reduced it. Um, it does need to be protected and it does need to be well spent. But I think people, especially younger generations' attitudes to language has changed. And there are large numbers of very confident young people who use both languages. And they have the right to move between those languages. There's a massive increase compared to, to 1982 in the number of mixed language um families. Dad speaks Welsh, mum doesn't. So that needs to be represented on the screen. And I've got some experience of that because um, a few years ago, I used to write and produce a drama series called Bang, which was set in Batalbert. And it was kind of like, well, as somebody who lives quite local to Batalbert, if you're going to do a Welsh language drama series in Batalbert and nobody speaks English, that doesn't, that doesn't really, that doesn't really ring true. But what was in, very interesting about that experience was it was successful on S4C and then it was bought by BBC Wales and they showed it on BBC One. Um, and that was a bizarre experience really because it did feel as though we'd gone back to spring 1982 <laughs> where the Welsh language was there proudly with subtitles on the BBC. Um, and there is a whole argument around this model of filming shows back-to-back -back as well. Um, and um, I've got a friend who says, oh, I never want to work on a back-to-back -back production. Why on earth would I want to do it twice? <laughs> and that goes speaks to confidence as well. Yes, it's market forces, because if you have a show which is made, made in English, it is going to sell to more territories internationally. Um, but similarly, I think the market is finally changing and if something is good enough it will 
it will find a home on another broadcaster outside outside of Wales. Yeah, I'm going to ask one question before Rich tells us to shut up. Uh, but it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that you know you can have films like Parasite that win the Best Picture Oscar, but we can't forever we can't ever imagine a situation where you could have uh, Iguist show on BBC One rather than S4C. It's hinterland in either language, right? It's just, we've come to a very weird set of circumstances now. It is, and it is. And a lot of the driver for that, unfortunately, has been about funding. A lot of the driver for that has been, you know, we hear about these shows that, that get made now, not just for Netflix, but on the BBC as well, where where you don't make an hour of drama for less than a million. Well, you make an hour of drama for S4C and you've got a quarter of that. Um, so people in terms of audience their expectations from a product are really really high and they expect it to look good and you want to have all those stunts and you want to have a large cast of people um and you just have to be really creative at the moment when you work in welsh but if you are able to attract funding by doing an, another version of it it boosts your production qualities and initially that's how the model started because i think my friend is right i don't think anybody wants to do the same thing twice if you do it twice why well, do it three times four times and have all those versions out there um we, we're going to ask uh, invite some uh, audience questions uh, shortly but i do just want to uh, kind of pick up there's one line in the film uh, which absolutely hit me in the gut um, because um, uh, it kind of represents something that is a stumbling block for Wales and they're discussing in the film um, about uh, who gets to decide about the future of Welsh language broadcasting um, and uh, the the answer is we can't do that in Wales because there's no mechanism to do that and you know you look at 1982 and you think oh, well here we are in 2023 and it's exactly the same but things have changed in that we have a Welsh government th that is now supportive of the devolution of broadcasting and communications and in its agreement with Ply Cymru you know who, who'd have thought that in 1982 that Labour and Ply Cymru would be working together in government uh, in a way in uh, in a in a parliament in Wales but do you, do you think that there's you know obviously this film tells a story of a, a very important battle an important time in the world of broadcasting how do you feel we are now we have a Welsh government that is actively pursuing the devolution of broadcasting do we, or, 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 or I suppose I should probably just say wider media powers these days because broadcasting itself is a is a term that is perhaps aging um, what do you think as a panel that the future of broadcasting in Wales is or perhaps even should like should look like I'll okay. go first then. and you're on the clock because we're going to get some audience questions no, I'll go first because because the end of this film is a deliberate challenge you know it is challenging people to ask exactly that is ask them to actually to think about a lot of things but, but that is absolutely one of those things and um it is it's really difficult because i pick up on what beth on what, on what bethan was talking about once you start to devolve broadcasting yes you can quite straightforwardly devolve s4c but but why should there why should it why should it not be the experience for english language welsh people um, but of course, what you're doing then is you're starting to look at the BBC and dismantling the way in which the BBC operates. One of the facts I picked up when I was doing research for this was that when the BBC was first established, there was one of the first campaigns was to get Welsh language radio programmes on the air. 
because the BBC didn't want to give Welsh language television pro um, Welsh language radio programs because they felt that to do so would um, undermine the Britishness of a British corporation. We've not heard that before. No, <laughs> or since. And it's a it's a curious thing, isn't it? Because what I've seen from the devolution that has happened internally, actually at the BBC, is that when the editorial control is given to Cardiff, they go off and commission shows like The Pact, which gets something like 12 million views on iPlayer. Now, The Pact wouldn't have been commissioned, probably, if it hadn't been commissioned in Cardiff and then backed up with funding from London. And that's been a big shift. So if BBC in Cardiff are able to commission work, successful work in that way, what is there to be afraid of um and again it's those you know it's those decision makers in in london who might have to um just accept that things are going to change i think it's like with um what we've created now with devolution most people accept that they wanted to stay and obviously that happened with s4c you know we're saying oh it could be a trial for a few years the same with devolution people have said now well actually we're quite comfortable with having a, a government in in Cardiff Bay as well. And I think that's what we have to do now with any debate over devolving anything is to normalize it and to say, well, you know, how are those decisions made to make the best programs? How can we be as creative as possible by making those programs as close to the people as possible? How can we be truly representative of a community by making those uh, programs in Wales by the people of Wales? Because we haven't got there, you know, yet in terms of you know, diversity in the sense of seeing more people from different ethnic minorities, from people from different walks of life, which you've tried to do in this, but that does not exist yet. So let's not be scared of that. And that is why I think, uh, you know, I, I support not only the devolution of broadcasting, but other things, because ultimately that that TV show, that radio broadcast, that, that you know, social media content is, is so much more meaningful to the people of Wales than anything that can be created by somebody far away. And that's true of everywhere in the world. You know, if you're in Spain or the Nordic countries, you know, some of the most successful drama comes from, from the Nordic countries. I love the Nordic dramas, <laughs> um, but they know how to do it well because they talk to the people that they, that they represent. No, there was a lot of unease about the idea of um, devolving broadcasting in the first few years. But as I say, the political will is there now because Plaid Cymru and the Labour Party together working in unison, which is a great thing. I mean, it's no secret so that, that the Labour Party yeah. is slightly, shall we say, hesitant to the idea of Welsh broadcasting back in the early 1980s. Oh, the, the, the bum fight. But no, it was, you know, it was just an interesting. But now things are, have improved immeasurably, I think. And we can move on with confidence together in this new dawn of Welsh broadcasting. Future First Minister of Wales. <laughs> where, where do I vote? Right, I think we probably have time, um, conscious um, that we're sort of running a little bit later than planned, uh, for three questions. So like, uh, like a politician, I'm going to hand the really difficult decision to my colleague Matt to pick which three questions they are, and then we'll do a mic run in, in the room. Do we have any volunteers for questions? Please put your hand up. Hi, yeah. Um, I'm interested, uh, interested to know what you think um, the significance of um, the uh, recent announcement that Dalameth is going to be shown on Netflix. Um, I, I want to know what you think, how significant is that in terms of 
um, spreading Welsh language broadcasting to um, you know across the world, and and is that you know the is that viable for for more productions to be to be aiming for that, or is it is it more important that we're concentrating on serving our own audiences here as well? Um, I think it's great. I think it's it's um, it's it's essential as the as the TV industry becomes even more international. Um, we need to be on those platforms. So what I'd like to see now that Dalamesh has got a foothold on Netflix in the UK, it would be great for that now to be bought by other territories of Netflix that should be on in the USA. Um, we we released a feature film called Glaive, The Feast, um, last year. Um, that film opened in cinemas in the US and is now on Hulu, um, a major platform in America. You know, we kind of need to be in those in those spaces. I think the big battle will would be, and we, and we would we, we would have won that battle, is if Hulu um, or Netflix actually commissioned a show in Welsh. That would be a game changer because what's happened with Dalamesh, as what happened with my film, happened with um, happened with Bang that I wrote as well, and a number of other shows like Keeping Faith and um, Aguish and so forth, is that they were they were acquisitioned. So Netflix comes along and they say, yes, we like that. We'd like to buy it for a period of time. So they pay a fee, it gets shown. Um, if Netflix's audience like it, they'll buy the second series, they'll buy the third series. But it would be a game changer if a company like Disney Plus, who are currently in San Haran preparing to do the second series of Willow, it came along and said, yeah, we'll partner. We'll partner on a reimagining of the Mavinogion in, <laughs> in Welsh. Um, you know, that is where we need to be really aspirational, really ambitious, because everyone bangs on about how fantastic the creative industries are in Wales and what a, a vibrant TV industry we have. And we do. But currently, it's kind of seen through the lens of Doctor Who, um, Sherlock, all these big shows that have been made here. But that success is built on the work that the indigenous broadcasters have been, have been doing for the last 40 years. The makeup artists, the electricians, the art departments, they were all people who came into the industry working for S4C and BBC Wales um, on their productions. And we now need to be really um, aspirational about telling our stories, which are written and directed by Welsh people and that the IP lives here in Wales and we see Welsh casts in things rather than actors trying to do really bad Welsh accents. Yeah, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. Here, here. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I mean, just just in case the BBC Network commissioners are listening, um, can, can you advise us whether there's been any active harm caused by non-Welsh speaking audiences, non-Welsh speaking audiences in the rest of the UK from hearing Welsh spoken in Dalamash. <laughs> Do you think that that's causing some, you know, is this something that maybe could be repeated without, you know, seriously degrading the health of the rest of the UK? Right, don't have to answer next question. No, I actually have a genuine follow-up to that, if I'm allowed. Okay, thank you. Um, so, yeah, like, like you've said, there's so much made of this indigenous film and TV industry. Um, and how the you know the massive economic benefits it brings to Wales, but do you think the Welsh government are doing enough to sort of invest in those skills and that framework to be sure this indigenous network of creators is is supported enough to then you know get the next big Netflix commission? Betha, 
Oh, no, no, I was just going to jump in because I think my experience has there's been a huge improvement in the focus and the resources from Welsh government since the days of 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 the partnership with Pinewood, for example. You know, there has been they've they've taken control of investment in. Yeah, um, but 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 they have done, and they are supportive of indigenous Welsh work. I just don't think that currently there is enough being offered, which, if I'm brutally honest, has got widespread appeal. I think we need to get, though, speaking as myself and other creators, we need to be cleverer about knowing what the marketplace wants because we can tell the stories. I'm just not always convinced we're telling the right stories for them to resonate with um, audiences further further afield. There's a, there's a question. Just as a father of three teenagers, just seeing how they access television and the media is a lot through YouTube, a lot through TikTok and things like that. Is there a worry or just what's your opinion? How are you going to grab that audience of people who can't speak Welsh and make sure that they are going to be the next generation of your S4C viewers and keep the channel alive? Well, that was one of the things that my committee looked at because, you know, funding for... What we find is that people... Oh, I'm going to sound really... It's going to sound a bit, like, critical, but, you know, the elderly generation do tend to watch S4C quite well. Um, you know, we can retain their support on many of the programmes. But what we did find was that, you know, especially the mid-teens, they were just dropping off, you know, and they just were not engaged with S4C. So they have d developed, you know, Hansha, they ha are looking to develop more on YouTube, but they have to do much, much more. But do you, if you want me to be really, really geeky, what I will say is the terms of um, S4C were that they only had to do linear, which was TV. So they were actually pushing boundaries by even bothering to do some of these other things on YouTube and such. So now the rules have changed so that they can do more online and they are doing more online, but they have to catch the younger generations as well. I've got a two-year-old and he doesn't want to watch you know, the Welsh language stuff. He wants to watch dinosaurs fighting each other with this obnoxious man from America. <laughs> I mean, what SOC needs to do is do that. More dinosaurs, is that what you're saying? Welsh. Yeah, well, d yeah. Dinosaurs Welsh language dinosaurs. Do you want a job? Okay, there we go. I was against Donald Trump. We'll, yeah. Yeah. we'll commission this to S4C next time. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, um, do you think there'll be a lot more, um, you know, Welsh films such as this based on history and historical events such as, uh, you know, the Oanglindu Re uh, Revolution and, and, and beyond? Hopefully. I mean, one of the interesting things... Um, that I've been trying to do for the last few years, and um, and Lee has been trying to do, who's, who's the director of, of 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 this film, is make the point that we need more Welsh film. That's the that's the first thing. I remember going as a teenager to see a film called Rossina Reith, Coming Up Roses, at the Lyric Cinema in Carmarthen, and it was the first time I had ever seen a Welsh language feature film in the cinema, um, and probably during my life. I've only seen six or seven Welsh language films in the cinema. Lots of people that this is their first experience of seeing a Welsh language feature. And it is such a fantastic way of um, showing ambition in storytelling, first of all, 
um, making the point that Welsh belongs on the big on the big screen is important, and it's a great way of taking stories to new audiences, um, not just here in Wales because there is an audience who will come to chapter, for example, and watch well, and watch film with subtitles, but they would never think of watching something on SYC, for example. But further afield, um, the film The Feast, you know, has played all around the world, more or less. Um, and it's every single word of it is in Welsh. Um, so hopefully, but I am still obsessed with this idea of telling our own stories because a number of my colleagues told me going into this project, what are you doing? You cannot tell period drama on this level of budget. And it's true, it's more expensive. Like the number of wigs <laughs> that are in this is huge. And that costs money. And you need people to stick all those wigs down and make sure they stay stuck down. <laughs> Don't you, Dewey? Um, <laughs> make up at six in the morning. You know, yeah. um, so it does cost more. You know, you've, you've got to go in and you've got to change environments and you've got to take out all the old furniture. You've got to go in and redress places. Just hiring a car for the day, which is period, probably sets you back £2,000. And then you need to pay someone to drive that car because the insurance doesn't cover so it's like it's all this all this stuff, which is why I think we air away from it. But no, let's not air away from it and think it's a problem. Let's let's again have the confidence to say, yeah, we can tell the story of of Lindur. We just need somebody to write it, write it well, and then raise the finance to make it. Because at the heart of it, it's a brilliant story. Yeah, seriously. I'll show that. Okay. So, so, oh, we've got one more question. Uh, first of all, thanks for you know making such an important and an emotionally evoking film as well. But um, I was just curious: do you feel as if there's more pressure to deliver high-quality films in Welsh because you don't have room to play around as much, or you know you can't make cheap horror films, or you know you, the, everything that that comes through in Welsh has to be of a high quality because if it isn't people will just switch off like the mid you know uh mid-teens they'll just you don't you everything has to grasp people immediately otherwise they you know yeah 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 I, I think there is so much content out there now and i'm guilty of it myself you know if i don't think if something isn't grabbing me or if something if i think something looks a bit shoddy i probably won't stick with it and i think one of the things we do in wales generally culturally is when something comes along, unfortunately, it happens in a vacuum. So we're watching this today now. I don't, I can't tell you when the next Welsh language feature film is going to hit. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, I know there is one which Zs4C have made a commitment that they they will make one cinematic release now every year. They've made that commitment, but of course, it's going to take the next one a couple of years before it's ready to be seen in 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 cinemas. So there's more on the way. But because it happens in a vacuum, it gets a lot of attention. And I feel this about theatre as well. They'll be like, oh, there's a new play. Um, it's at the Sherman. It's at Pontio in Bangor or somewhere. And everybody goes to see it. And they love it or they hate it. <laughs> but it gets a lot of attention because it lives inside, inside that vacuum. And for those reasons, you can't really afford to fail. Because people will go and say, oh, that was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? I didn't like that. Um, and um, people then get frightened about that failure. And what you need to do when you make work as a creator is you is you need to fail sometimes because that's how, because that's how you learn. 
Um, so I think being what we need to encourage people to do is to, is to be bold with their ideas and, and not be frightened of failing. And for anybody who is starting out as a filmmaker, go and make your horror movies with your friends. You know, go and make that work. Go and show it because we need to push those boundaries. Our horror film, it's like everyone was like, Welsh language horror film? Really? No one's going to want to see that. And that makes us excited because we go, yeah, yeah, we are going to make it and it's going to be great. But if it hadn't been great, <laughs> we would have fallen into that trap exact, ex exactly of people saying, told you so. And I think, you know, that's true for the actors then and how that makes them feel because I don't want to speak for you, but on the committee again, a lot of the actors are having to go out of Wales to get to work because the films and the content weren't being created here. But I'm sure then, they, you know, it makes you feel better to feel that there's more happening here, there's more films that you can be part of. and The opportunities of working is a fabulous one. And if you have that, the budget, the resources, the scripts, the actors, and it's all here. And it's been here for a very, very long time. And at last, I think we're getting a level of uh, publicity and success beyond the bogus of just human wins. Well... Fantastic. Before we wrap, um, and I pass to Matt, just uh, I'm sure everyone here would wish, like to wish uh, everyone uh, on, who was, took part in the film, created the film, uh, congratulations. Fantastic. Night of the Similar. Kim Denny. I suppose we should also say Penroyd Hapis, West Pederek. Uh, happy birthday to S4C as well. Properly middle-aged, age 40 now. You have to yeah. sing now. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear the, that better. The nicest possible way. Um, uh, uh, and of course, you know, let's hope that S4C or whatever succeeds, it continues to have a, a bright future. And, you know, there are d debates to have and the future of broadcasting in whatever way that takes in Wales. So let's include podcasts for the sake of it, shall we, Matthew? That, you know, let's hope that uh, whatever happens in the future of Wales, that the people, the voice of the people of Wales from whatever community you represent is, is heard. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Richard. I just want to say thank you very much to our wonderful panel, uh, Debbie Rhys-Williams, Beth and Syed, and Roger Williams. I'd like to have a round of applause. Uh, also, thank you very much to Chapter for hosting us this evening. If you have enjoyed what you've heard this evening, please don't forget to find Hereith on the socials at Hereith Pod. Go to our website, www.walespolitics.com. And if, thank you very much for supporting us today with your eyes and your presence. But if you would like to do so also with your wallet, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash here I pod. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Here I. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.